This morning, God's Word comes to us from the first epistle of John, 1 John chapter 4, those beautiful words that we heard in the lighting of the Advent wreath. 1 John 4, we're going to begin our reading at verse 7 and then read through verse 12. First John 4, beginning at verse 7. What we hear now is God's word. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, If God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love is perfected in us. Here we end the reading of God's holy word. We come this morning to the fourth Sunday of Advent, We have been looking at those traditional Advent themes of hope and joy and peace. And this morning on this fourth Sunday of Advent, uh, we come to the theme of love. Certainly a fitting theme. To consider the love that God expressed toward us in sending his only son, Jesus Christ, into the world for us. We look this morning at the first letter of the Apostle John, and I'm sure when we think about the theme of love, it is no surprise to you that we turn to a letter by John. John, who was known as the disciple Jesus loved. John, whose letter, particularly this first letter, is filled with the theme of love. John uses love as a verb 28 different times in this letter. He uses love as a noun 18 different times. Almost 50 references to love in this short letter. And most of them coming in chapters 3, 4, and 5. John speaks about God's love for his people. And so this morning, we consider the theme of love at Christmas time. John begins in verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. God is the source of true love. Now, we tend to use the word love uh, very casually today. 
maybe kids, uh, you know, Christmas Eve today and Christmas morning tomorrow, uh, maybe you will get some gift from your parents. Oh, mom and dad, I just love this new toy. I just love this new toy you gave me. We have all of our family home this weekend, and I can tell you without hesitation, I love having family home for the weekend. We use the word love to describe our feelings toward, toward our favorite ball team, whether that be Angels, whether that be Dodgers, or perhaps even Diamondbacks. We use the word love in a wide variety of ways. But John, John speaks of a love beyond this, uh, this temporary type of attachment we have to things or to teams or to people. John speaks of love in a deeper way, a love that is self-giving, beyond the passing casual interests that we have in this life. A love that is rooted in God himself. Love is from God. And then he goes beyond that. And he says in verse 8, anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. Not only does love come from God, but God is love. Love is of his very nature. That's more than a a passing casual interest. Love is of the very nature of God. It It is the motivation for what God does. Why is he merciful to us in Jesus Christ? Because he loves us. Why is he gracious to us in giving us the gift of faith? Because he loves us. God is love. Why is God just and why does God even have wrath because God loves righteousness so much he is love that he must see justice done in this world and in the life to come now we often fail to understand the fullness the depth of God's love we just sung how deep the father's love for us Perhaps if you're talking with, uh, with family or with friends or colleagues at work or neighbors and you try to bring up the topic of God, talk about God, and they say, well, I simply, uh, I, I, if God is real, uh, I simply don't understand how a loving God could let this happen, whatever this might be, the death of a loved one, the loss of a child, uh, war in the world. I don't understand how a loving God can let these things happen. As if if God was somehow beholden to us in some way. As if God, this loving God, owed us something. God's ways are beyond our ways. And so we confess by faith that love is from God and God himself is love. God is loving in all that he is. God is loving in all that he does. And that that love we see manifest, we see expressed, particularly as we consider this time of year and the coming of Jesus Christ into the world.
John says this in verse 9. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world so that we might live through him. The love of God was manifest by sending his Son into the world. And kids, that's what we celebrate this time of year. We celebrate Jesus and his incarnation, the fact that he came to earth. He took on flesh and blood. He became a real person. We remember that story this time of year. We're going to recall that story again tomorrow morning as we read from Luke 2. A story that talks about Mary and Joseph. A story that talks about shepherds and angels, other actors before and after the birth of Jesus Christ, but a story that focuses on him, on the coming of Jesus Christ into the world, and that as an expression, as a manifestation of the love of God. That is why he sent his son, because he loves us. John, in John chapter 3, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. John echoing that same truth here. The love of God was made manifest among us. God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. John focuses our attention on why the Son of God came. And in that, he, he takes our minds not only to the incarnation, to the beginning of Jesus' life on earth, but he takes our minds to the end of Jesus' life, to the crucifixion. Christmas and Easter and are, are intimately linked. In Christmas, we have the incarnation. Jesus Christ comes in flesh. Good Friday, the crucifixion and death, and Easter, the resurrection. All these things tie together in the life of Jesus Christ. He sent him that we might live through him. Our life is not found through Jesus' incarnation. It is found through his death. It is found through his crucifixion. The Bible tells us that the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. And we have to confess, those are our wages. This past week, once again, we have sinned against God. Even this morning already, we have sinned against God. We have said things, we have done things, we have thought things that are not pleasing to him. And what do we earn from that? The wages of sin is death. But the Son of God came, God's love was made manifest in him that we might live through him. Our life is found not in what we do, but our life is found in what Jesus Christ did. He came to earth, he took on flesh, he became man, that he might take our sin upon himself. He might take those wages we had earned and remove them from us. Removing our sin 
removing our guilt, removing our shame, taking it all upon himself and nailing it to the cross, putting our sin to death in Jesus Christ and in his crucifixion and death. And then having died, burying that in the ground. At, at, at Christmas time, yes, we, we recall the incarnation, the coming of Jesus Christ as a baby, but that baby would grow to be a man, a true human man, who would take our sin upon himself, who would go to the cross and our sin crucified with him. This is the amazing love of God. How deep the Father's love for us, beyond our comprehension, that he would send his son, he would send his only son. Now we know that because of Jesus Christ, we too are children of God, adopted children, loved by God. But the second person of the Trinity is God's unique son. Sometimes we're translated God's one and only son. This son, this, this son loved by the Father is sent into the world. We celebrate the incarnation which would lead to his death and crucifixion. Paul, uh, John says, he sent his only son into the world that we might live through him. And he says, in this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Well, propitiation, kids, is a very, very big word. Propitiation, uh, you can think of propitiation uh, just like a covering. You can think of it kind of like a blanket. A propitiation is a covering, something that covers something. And, and John here beautifully links um, Jesus' work on the cross when he says we have our life in him. His, his sacrifice was for the removal of our sins. That's why, our confession reminds us, that's why he had to be human. Jesus Christ had to be incarnate, truly human, because God is a just God. And God will only judge and punish humanity for the sins of humanity. And so to be the perfect Savior, Jesus had to be truly human. But he also, he also had to be truly divine. And again, the Heidelberg Catechism reminds us he had to be truly divine that he might in his divinity bear the wrath of God. That's what propitiation means. It is a covering over of God's wrath. Jesus Christ comes and he is that propitiation, that wrath which we deserved, that wrath which we had earned, our wages. Jesus Christ comes and he covers the wrath of God by the shedding of his blood. We read about that earlier in, uh, in Psalm 5 in our call to confession. And I read just a couple of those verses again about who God is. For you are not a God who delights in wickedness. Evil may not dwell with you. The boastful shall not stand before you, your eyes. You hate all evildoers. 
You destroy those who speak lies. The Lord abhors the bloodthirsty and deceitful man. That is the wrath of God. God's righteous wrath, which should have come on us. That wrath that we had earned, that wrath that we had deserved, but that wrath that is covered over by the work of Jesus Christ as our propitiation. We are now restored to God's favor. We are now, we are now in fellowship with him. Because not only has our sin been taken away, the beautiful work of expiation, our sin taken away, but Christ's work of propitiation, the covering over of God's wrath, we are no longer enemies with him. And we see that even in human relationships. You know, we can have um, arguments with our brothers and sisters, arguments with our spouses, and we can say, okay, I'm no longer, uh, I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna cover over, I'm, excuse me, I'm gonna, I'm gonna forgive the offense, I'm gonna forgive the offense, but I'm still angry about it. So angry about what you did. Imagine that, a, a holy, righteous God who has every right to still be angry for the sins we commit. But even that anger is turned away. God sent him as a propitiation to cover the wrath of God that our sin had rightfully incurred. Again, beyond our understanding that a holy, righteous, just God could, could forgive fallen, sinful, willful man. It is only because of the work of Jesus Christ, only because he took all our sins away, only because he was our propitiation. And that glorious truth about who Jesus Christ is that demonstration of God's love in him as truly human and truly divine, that glorious truth is still declared today. I call you on this Lord's Day to put your faith and your trust in that Jesus Christ. One, one who has done everything necessary to secure your salvation. He has removed all of your sins. He has covered over the wrath of God and in him you find true life, a life of fellowship with God. If you have never before, today is the day to heed that call of God that as his spirit works by the power of the word being preached that you, you humble yourself before him and embrace this glorious Jesus Christ as Lord and as Savior. And, and for those who have done that, for those who, who understand the love of God in Jesus Christ, that love manifest in his work as both human and divine, that now places us under obligation. And that's the whole uh, point of John in this chapter and really the whole letter. In verse 7, he begins, Beloved, let us love God one another. Now he explains what that love is. Love is of God. God is love. This is how he manifested that. But he, he begins, beloved, let us love one another. And then there is an even greater sense of obligation in verse 11, as he concludes this little section. Beloved, if God so loved us, 
we also ought to love one another. There is a sense of obligation. And John takes this very, very seriously when he says in verse 8, anyone who does not love does not know God. God's love was manifest in sending His Son, Jesus Christ. And those who know that, those who know the love of God in Christ Jesus, John says, now, now you have an obligation. This is the result of knowing the love of God in Christ, is that you now must love one another. And that's the call to us once again today. To celebrate Christmas, to celebrate the love of God sending His Son to be our Savior by the love that we show one another. Kids, you will, you will celebrate Christmas by showing love to your brothers and sisters, by not getting angry with them right away. You will show love by the way you treat them. That happens in our own families, that happens in our church family. That we are called to love one another, to express that love in concern for each other, to be in prayer for each other. This is the result of knowing the love of God, that love that is manifest by us toward our friends, toward our neighbors, particularly, particularly for those who do not yet know Jesus Christ. What's the most loving thing you can do for one of your friends who's an unbeliever? The most loving thing you can do, particularly at this time of year, is tell them the truth about Christmas. Take them to 1 John 4. Explain why Jesus Christ came, that we might have life in Him, that God's wrath might be covered by Him, that Jesus Christ is the only one who could accomplish the work of salvation. The words, the work sent by the Father in His love for His Son, in His love for us. In fact, John concludes this section by saying this, No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us, and His love is perfected in us. Now when John says God's love is perfected in us, it doesn't mean that there was any uh, deficit before this. The idea here is God's love is completed in us. That love first evidenced in sending His Son, Jesus Christ, God's love for us. And now that love completed, fulfilled, perfected in our love for others. In the love we have for our brothers and sisters in Christ. In the love we have for those in the world. That love that will be reflected in the actions that we have in the words that we say. When we tell them the glorious truth about Jesus Christ, the incarnation, the one sent from God. That's the love that we celebrate at Christmas time. 
a love from God. No surprise, because God himself is love. All that he does is loving. A love manifest in sending his son Jesus Christ in the incarnation, that he might be truly human, in his crucifixion as a propitiation to cover over God's wrath. And a love, a love which now by the power of the Spirit must manifest itself in our lives, in our relationships with one another. May God help us truly to celebrate love this Christmas time. Let's join together in prayer. Lord our God, we thank you and we praise you that you are a loving God and that you are love. We thank you for that love shown to us. We thank you that you made that love real in the sending of your son Jesus Christ to be our expiation, to be our propitiation. Lord God, may we never hoard this glorious truth But may we, because of our love for you and our love for others, share this gospel with those around us. Use us, O God, this Christmas season. We who have received your love, may your love be perfected, completed in us as we tell the glorious truth of Jesus Christ, the one who we celebrate at Christmas time. Hear our prayer, O God, for Jesus' sake. Amen. We turn to number 303 in the Trinity Psalter hymnal. Number 303, all praise to you, eternal Lord. Verse 4 says, You came to us in darkest night to make us children of the light, to make us in the realms divine as your own angels round you shine. All this for us your love has done. By this to you our love is one. For this we tune our cheerful lays and shout our thanks in ceaseless praise. We're going to sing all five verses of 303. Let's stand together as we sing. 